Section 62 of A Fair Mystery This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 62 Lord Vivian Perplexed. It was no wonder that when she reached Hyde House again, Lady Studley should look ill and exhausted. She had passed through a severe ordeal, and no one but herself knew what it had cost her. One more such victory, she said to herself, and I should be undone. She lay back in one of the lounging chairs while early hastened to pour out some wine for her you look so tired my darling he murmured so tired i wish we were away from this great london out in the fresh fair country again doris why sweet there are tears in your eyes she looked so wistfully so longingly at him tears in the eyes he had always seen so proud and bright she bent her beautiful head on his breast longing with all her heart to tell him her terrible secret her dreadful trouble yet not daring the least hint they are tears of fatigue she said real fatigue early i wish i were earl of linley for ten minutes he said i would forbid you to go out again though you are queen of the season and belle of st james i should obey you she replied and then she bade him good-night not daring to say more lest she should say too much she wanted to be alone to collect her thoughts to look her danger in the face to gather her forces together and prepare to give the enemy brave battle it was a wonderful relief to her to find herself alone the worst had happened she had seen him he had seen her he had looked in her face he had watched her intently yet she felt quite sure he was not certain of her identity he fancied that he knew her yet could not for certain tell so that the worst she believed was over it might be that he would talk to her that he would try every little ruse and every possible manoeuvre but what could that matter she would defeat him again with her calm and her nonchalance just as she had done this time then he would assuredly give it up and say no more about it make up his mind that he had been mistaken so she comforted herself with vague ideas never dreaming that each hour brought the sombre faces of tragedy nearer to her the next day was the duchess of eastman's ball one of the best of the season one to which she had looked forward as a crowning triumph a night's rest a natural facility for shaking off disagreeable thoughts a fixed reliance on her own kindly fate all contributed to make her throw off the dark cloud that oppressed her 
when she joined the earl and the countess the following morning her face had regained its lost colour and brightness her eyes shone like stars her lips were wreathed with smiles we shall have a large gathering to-night said lady linleigh i hear the eastman ball is considered the best of the season all the elite of london will be there then lord vivian is sure to be there she thought her spirits rose with the emergency i will look my best she said to herself i will dazzle him so completely in my splendour and magnificence that he shall not dare even in thought to associate me with the doris he knew she spent some hours of the bright sunny morning in the park smiling to herself as she thought what an old-fashioned recipe was fresh air and exercise for keeping a brilliant bloom she rested after lunch and spent some time in the evening combining jewels and flowers so as to form a marvellous effect to her maid she said eugene i want to be the belle of the bells to-night you must exert all your skill the pretty parisian stood with her head on one side studying the face and figure she had to adorn what kind of a style does my lady wish shall it be gay brilliant magnificent said lady studley laughing i wish to be magnificent as a queen an empress it will not be difficult my lady was the smiling reply nor did there appear to be any difficulty when she was dressed for the ball she looked every inch a queen she wore a superb dress of white brocade embroidered with small golden flowers the effect of which was gorgeous in a stream sometimes and in certain lights she looked like a mass of gold in others like white creamy clouds the firm white throat was clasped with a diamond necklace the duke of downsbury's gift large diamond earrings hung from the pretty ears a cross of diamonds and sapphires gleamed on her white breast the fair arms were bound with diamonds and she wore a circlet of diamonds in her hair even her flowers matched her costume they were fragrant white blossoms of a rare plant with tiny golden bells eugene wondered why the beautiful lady stood looking so long and earnestly in the mirror she was not admiring herself no light of gratified vanity came into her eyes no flush of delight colored her cheeks she was examining herself gravely critically severely trying to estimate in her own mind the exact impression that she would produce on others her thoughts were evidently favorable to herself no one looking at the beauty of that patrician face would dare to recognize her as anything less lofty than she seemed to be as for believing that lord vivian might say of her who could do it just as she had foreseen she was the belle of the ball the duke of eastman selected her for the opening of it 
and the evening was one long ovation and triumph for her yet though flattery and homage were all round her she never for one moment forgot her chief object which was looking for lord vivianne she knew by instinct when he entered the room she saw him look round and knew as well as though he had told her that he was looking for her now was the time her face flushed into rarest loveliness her eyes grew radiant she had the world at her feet to-night let him come and do his worst she could defy him she saw him go up to the duchess of eastman who listened to him with a smile then they both looked in her direction and in a few minutes were standing by her she never betrayed the least sign of fear he looked curiously at her the light flashed in her jewels but the diamonds lay quiet still on the white breast the golden bells of the flowers never trembled in a few smiling words the duchess introduced lord vivianne to lady studley she bent her graceful head and smiled he begged to know if she had yet once danced to a spur and she answered yes he listened attentively to the voice it was certainly like that of doris but he fancied the accent was more silvery more refined it is very warm she said looking straight in his face i should like an ice quite a happy inspiration he replied and they went away together if she felt the least tremor of fear she did not show it she laughed and talked quite gaily to him with the simple innocence of a child not shrinking even in the least while his eyes looked deep down into hers as though he would read every thought of her soul if she had shrunk from him if she had shown the least fear if she had avoided his glance refused to dance with him he would have had more reason to suspect her as it was he was fairly bewildered and more than once he called himself a simpleton for his suspicious the bright fearless glance the childlike smile the frank gaiety would have puzzled a wiser man than lord vivianne i will try her he thought if she be the girl who went to italy with me i shall find it out he offered her his arm so that he could feel her hand tremble if tremble it did he began by admiring her bouquet you have some very rare flowers there lady studley he said white blossoms with golden bells it is an exotic is it italian or indian she looked at him with a frank smile i am very ignorant she said i love flowers very dearly but i never made them a study long latin names frighten me yet it is a beautiful study he said she laughed again i believe honestly she said that if i knew for instance the latin and greek name of this lovely flower with its whole history i should not enjoy it half as much as i do now 
that is a mystery to me do you like mysteries he asked quickly i can hardly tell i think i should if i had one he looked into the very depths of her eyes they were as clear and open as the day you are too frank to care for mystery he said yes frankness is what lord linleigh calls one of my failings why is it a failing he asked because i carry it to excess i have an unfortunate habit of saying whom i like whom i dislike what i care for and what i do not care for that frank abandon was much like the doris he had known that is very nice he said i wish i dare ask if you are likely to like me i will tell you when i know more about you was the reply i have a fashion of showing my liking which i am quite sure it's a little outre have you ever been in italy he asked watching her intently as he spoke if there had been the least change of colour if her eyes had dropped in the least from his he would have said doris i have found you as it was the only expression on her face was one of innocent surprise in italy she repeated oh yes i finished my education there he made no reply but began to think to himself that he must indeed have been mistaken then he talked to her about many things her answers gave him the impression that she was very quick very clever but innocent almost with a childlike simplicity he had but one resource one more question to ask and if he were baffled in that he should be at a loss what to think he gazed earnestly into the beautiful face lady studley he said i cannot help fancying that i have seen you before that we have met before and have been good friends is it it so there was no trace of emotion in her face nothing but girlish surprise met before i do not remember it lord vivianne i have been introduced to so many strangers is it possible i may have forgotten some still i think i should have remembered your name it was not in london we met he said carry your memory back to last year only last year have you no place for me in it no she replied i have not last year i spent at linleigh court have i really seen you before lord vivianne indeed i apologize most sincerely for not remembering you it may be only a fancy he said but if you knew me and knew that i ought to recognize you why did you ask for an introduction to me she asked wonderingly because i was not sure he replied gloomily i am not sure now i am bewildered then when he saw the surprise on her face deepen into annoyance he said i beg your pardon i did know someone once who was like you oh so like you someone who made me very unhappy that is our dance lady studley smiled that i may know that you have forgiven me she smiled and they went away to the ballroom together
End of chapter 62 Recording by Gaby Cowan